smell spiritual seeking here, so it's probably good. It's a good thing. So this could save you a lot of time. All right. So this is from a great master. There's pictures here, Ramana Maharshi, over here. And um, can you hear me back there? That's better. That's better. All right. So. I'm going to read something from a teacher because, and then I'll just rip on it, yeah? So. And if, I, if, you, if you can't hear me, just say something, right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here it goes. Presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation for that imaginary thing. You have to start and try to do so through the above said four paths of yoga, whatever it is, new age, everything is a path. When your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? So one of the biggest things I learned after spending a lot of time in practice when I'd be seeking for, well, I, when I was meditating, the meditation, without my being aware of it, was being used to reinforce or point to the meditator. And the more I meditated, it still did the same thing. Because the meditation came later after this predilection or position, this presupposing, and the solution to it is before. Yeah? So I'll say it again, it's an important thing. Presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation for that imaginary thing, you have to start and try to do so through the above-said four paths of yoga. When your practices themselves become a means of giving life to this non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? See, this is sort of the dilemma with practice, because the dilemma with practice is that the mental state can use practice to in- reinforce the practitioner. Yeah? And we have a hope that if I do more or if I do the right practice, it will negate that practitioner. But this humble person is saying that's not going to happen because the meditation is being implied, applied to the imaginary eye. Yeah? The imaginary eye believes it's meditating and it's attempting to meditate out of, out of itself and you can't escape an imaginary thing. Yeah. So if we're taking ourselves to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body, if we, and if we're not knowing that because the mental process is taking you to be a body, if you look at the thought system, you can see it quite simply, quite clearly. The thoughts, when you're thinking about you in the past, you're pictured as a body. Yes? So when I'm thinking about, oh, what was I doing three years ago? I'm picturing a body either doing or not doing. I'm not picturing spirit. Yeah? Because how am I going to picture spirit three years ago? So, and so when we're worrying about us, you know, what's going to happen to me in the future? That me is the sense of being a body. Yeah? This is the non-existent I that we're attempting to practice through with the hopes that we will become free as that when the freedom is from that. It's from, it's from that illusion of thinking that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity that can do and have themselves into a state of being because the only thing you and I can do and have ourselves into is another mental state. Yeah? 
So now the, the non-existent I will become a meditator or a yogini or a whatever or a teacher or something like that. So when teaching is taken, a, the teaching is claimed by the mental state, I call it selfing. Yeah? Because it would give it too much credit, credit to say self. Because that feeling of being a noun is the dilemma. Yeah? Everything is just verbing here. The sense of being a noun, that verbs are happening from and to, is a story, a complete story. So I call it selfing, which is a mental process. And what the selfing's major movement is, is to claim. So whatever conscious contact brings to its attention, it claims that. So when it becomes aware of seeing, it says, I'm the seer. When it becomes aware of feelings... Those feelings are being used to imply the feeler. When there's thoughts, it's being used to imply the thinker. Yeah? When there's an action, it's being implied to, to point to the actor. This is the bondage of self. Yeah? And as a great Zen master said, you can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. So you're pretty much screwed. See? If you're attempting to get out of an imaginary place, it's never going to happen. Yeah? That's the end of the talk, basically. Because that's really... This fundamental idea, if it's not seen, it's going to duplicate itself every step of the way. Yeah? If that thing gets escapes our attention, it's going to influence us every step of the way. Yeah? And if we think that doing more of something is going to destroy that, it isn't so. It is not so. And if we think a 5,000-year-old treaty that's gilded in gold is going to free us from that, it is not so. The selfing can just can identify with the tattoos and the leather just as with patchouli oil and robes. It has no problem to adapt to whatever situation it finds itself in. So its main movement, movement is to claim. And how it claims things is simply by a feeling. So let's say we have a uh, billboard, let's say a blackboard here, and I put the word money up here, yeah? And I put the word sex here. Now let's say relationships. I put the word health. And everyone would see those words and would trigger some kind of feeling, yeah? Based on their condition concerning those. Now I'm going to change those words completely without changing the word at all. So here we go. Money, my money. So here I am with you. I wish all of you to have tons of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. I want all of you to be have all the money you want, but none of mine. You see? The money doesn't... It's the meaning. The my is what's giving the money the meaning. Same thing with relationships. My relationships. I used to go out with girls and have a lot of fun... You know, and then one day she was crowned my girlfriend, and then I was up on stalking charges three months later because I thought I could break into her emails because she's my girlfriend. I could park in front of the house and see who's visiting my girlfriend. The girlfriend changed completely. The girlfriend didn't, the my did. Yeah? This is the mind, this is the selfing. So we don't believe there's thoughts happening, we believe we're thinking them. So when a thought is noted, there's a feeling that it's you that's thinking it. That's the bondage of self. The bondage of self doesn't happen in Omaha, Nebraska, 1984. It's an activity. This is the basic activity. There's life is happening, 
And then the mental interpretation is life is happening to me. It's totally different, yeah? The same basis, life is happening, but one is life's happening, there's the flow and you're part of the flow, and then life happening to me, a total mental interpretation. Yes? And the crown of this whole system is self. Self-centeredness. The feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It's produced by the thought system, it's produced by actions, it pr- it's produced by feelings, but it's not the feelings and the actions and the thoughts that are doing it. It's the selfing. It's the feeling of being the thinker, the doer, and the feeler. That's the bondage. So whatever feeling comes up, the sense of it's uh, my feeling, it's the my that's facilitating it to bond itself. I had a talk last night, and the person was talking about ambitions. Now, there's nothing wrong or right with ambitions, but what happens when it's your ambitions? Then things can happen, yes? Because the your gives meaning to the ambition. What happens with the selfing? It hides itself in clear sight because let's say there's a thing like that and someone says, oh, it's ambition, and then the whole meaning could be about ambition. Good or bad, how much, this and that. It has nothing to do with ambition. It's the feeling of your ambition. Yeah? It's the feeling of yours. Just like people say ego is the problem. But what feels like it has an ego? And what feels like it loses an ego? That's the bondage. The feeling of the one who had the ego and the feeling of the one that loses the ego only to have the ego again. This is the bondage. It's that point that he's speaking about. And if that point isn't addressed, no matter what you do is going to be used to point to the doer. And that's where the bonding is. It's not the action that bonds you. It's the idea of it's your action. It's not the thought. It's your thought. It's not the feelings. It's your feelings. Feelings and thoughts come and go. But yours keeps remaining. So people feel like they got out of something. Like a lot of people believe they've had an experience of being awake and they lose it. This is a typical thing you hear. I had this moment, I woke up, and then I lost it. Yeah. Now, the same sense is in both statements. There was the sense of being the one who had the awakening, and the sense of being the one who lost the awakening. You see, it doesn't matter. It does it in both. Yeah. The awakening is used to imply there's someone who had it, and it will be used to imply there's someone who lost it. That's the bondage. The bondage is an activity. It's like life is happening or life is happening to you. Totally different experience in the same moment. Exact same moment, yeah? So this person was humbly trying to save us a lot of time when he's he's saying presupposing. In other words, the supposing is presupposing. You're assumed before anything happens. When there's a thought that's held as yours, you feel you were there before the thought. That's made up. That's a made-up activity called selfing. And the beautiful news is that this, supposedly the, set, the process of the brain producing a sense of self takes 500th of a second. So there is no practice in this planet that's going to beat that gunslinger. No activity is going to beat that gunslinger. You're going to feel like the one who's in the activity. yeah. But what happens if that gunslinger meets timelessness? Where timelessness, the gun is always drawn. The timelessness as, is our inherent state. Our solution, our freedom is 
prior or before the bondage, not after the bondage. The bondage is imaginary. The only, only way you escape from an imaginary place is realize it's imaginary. If you believe like it's real, it has you. You're going to try to escape only to be caught again, then to escape and be caught. It can happen like eight times in one day. There's a freedom prior to the bondage, not after the bondage. When you realize, how long would it take to get out of an imaginary place? Exactly. (laughs) The pause is, you're out. You're not out because you found a way to break out, you're out because you realize you've never been in. It's just the same thing about the idea of getting into the moment, which has had a lot of books written about it. And so people get the book and they very rarely finish the whole book, you know, but let's say they get to the last page and then what do they do? They wait for the second edition to buy how to really, really get into the moment. (laughs) And then the third edition, how to really, really, really get into the moment. It's all based on the possibility, which is impossible, that you could be out of a moment. You have never been out of any moment you've been in, ever. The whole thing is based on assumptions that haven't been investigated. We just assume that's what the thought system does. That's what the language you're hearing in your head does. It assumes and implies and infers that you're there. But it's all pointing and it's not even a moon. It's just, it's just pointing. And then your head believes it and then you feel as if you're that. And where, where does it get connected to the body? You now become a body, a historical action figure. A body is never going to get spiritual. A body has never seen a damn thing. What's seen through the body is not a thing. This eye is not seeing. This eye facilitates seeing. If this head was, if I died and nothing happened to my head, I would never be seeing a damn thing out of this body. But you could take that eye, put it in a live body, and it would facilitate seeing. It's obviously not the eye that sees. Yeah. And yet, when you feel like you're seeing, what's the feeling? That I'm the seer, yeah? It's a vague little assumption that's never investigated, and it becomes our starting point. And it doesn't give a damn if you dedicate your life to meditate for 30 years. Nothing really is going to change. Because there's always going to be that you're doing it. That's the bondage. The feeling that you're the doer, the thinker, the, the actor. Not the actions, not the thoughts or the feelings. So the freedom lies prior to the problem. From the solution, the problem is imaginary. Then there's no need for a solution. From the problem, it looks you need a solution. When you find this solution, it tells you the problem is an activity. Then you don't even need a solution. That's how light it is. And now you are what you've been looking for. The seeker is the sort. What's looking is what you're looking for. At all times, with no requirement necessary, all the requirements are on our side. The sun shines indiscriminately. It doesn't choose who to shine upon. But you can seem to cut yourself off from the sun by living in a mental room with the shades down. 
Then you all talk about everything, about sun, sun's out there, sun is so great, but you're not having a sense felt experience of it. You don't sense the presence, you study the presence. This is tactile, it's alive. When you are seemingly absent as what you're not, you'll sense the presence. When you want to sense the presence as what you're not, it will seem to be absent. You'll come to these talks and you'll be waiting to get it and you'll never get it. You know? We're not going to have an experience of our own absence. We're not. We're not going to be there. It's like when you hear about a great party and you get there and it always sucks. You've got to realize you're not invited. You're not invited to this event. Yeah? The event is prior to your appearance. You appear after a mental process occurs. Selfing. We, when we were kids, when we were babies, there was no selfing at all. When I was playing, I wasn't in an abusive situation. I'd be playing. I wasn't worried well, I'll be playing next week. I hadn't had any idea of time yet. And I wasn't thinking, I didn't go home and critique my playing. I think I could have been playing a whole lot better with Wayne today in the park. No, there's just playing. What happened? We got sucked up the ass of self, and we can come out of the ass of self. And you don't need a divine proctologist. You can do it on your own. It's just a scene. You see, the thoughts that you believe are critiquing you, the thoughts about you as an object is a, is a, a false form of seeing. So the thoughts are watching you, but there's something that sees the thoughts. Yeah. You see the thoughts before you become the object of the thoughts. You're the seeing of the thoughts. And nothing, nothing gets behind you. Yeah? You are the behind the camera and all of this is in front of the camera. And anything that's appearing in front of the camera is never, never, never going to be able to experience what's behind the camera. What's seen will never be seen. What's really feeling will never be felt. What's really tasting will never be tasted. What's really hearing will never be heard. What's really conceiving can never be conceived of. What's knowing everything can never be known. That's what we are. With that inherent state of awareness, or whatever you want to call it, but we all the way you arrive at it is by realizing what you're not, and then there's no journey at all. Yeah. If you see thoughts, their nature is to come and go. When they're held as yours, they come around you like an orbit. And then you hate the thoughts, you think they're driving you crazy, but your mental idea is the gravitational pull. As soon as you give up the idea of being the thinker, the thoughts will go back to their natural nature, coming and going. You are the reality. I am the reality. As the Course in Miracles says, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's pretty comprehensive a statement, yeah? Everything, all. Yeah? So if we're giving everything all the meaning it has, what's giving us a meaning? If we're giving everything all the meaning it has, what's giving us a meaning? This is not what's giving a meaning. Mind has given this a meaning, yeah? As the Course says, you and I are the dreaming of this dream. We forgot that we're dreaming this dream. And in that state of forgetfulness, 
we give everything we dreamt all the power to affect us isn't that the story of our days here we take ourselves to be a dreamt object and then everything else we're dreaming thoughts and feelings seem to have the ability to affect us greatly yes but if we're not the dreamt object and we're the dreaming it becomes clear what's going on yes Our mind, the big M mind, is like a clear sky. It allows everything to appear in it, yet it's not affected by anything that appears in it. So just like a sky holds thousands of clouds, but a cloud you see on Friday, it does not leave an impression on Monday. Yes? They all appear and disappear. And when a plane is flying through the sky, it never calls the tower and, say, and says it's just hit a big chunk of sky. And when the bird shits, it lands on our cars. Yeah. And when it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. Our big M mind is like sky. Everything appears in it, yet has no effect on it. Yeah. In other words, you're clear, you're pristine, you're inherently empty of anything. Yeah. So this is a seeing of what you're not, or an entertaining. What would possibly happen if I'm not the thinker of the thoughts? Find out. Yeah? Entertain the idea. The needs that you feel so incredibly important about may not be your needs. Yeah? The idea of the pursuit of happiness could be a leisurely walk. Yeah? That you may be able to understand contentment and no serenity without much thought or effort on your part. Yeah? It's a quality of your own big M mind. Yeah? All that happens is it seemed to have been forgotten by our incredible attentiveness to the body. We're obsessed over ourselves. Yeah? And I believe all the obsessions the mental state entertains is just to reinforce the identification as a body. The mental state keeps up its upkeep, is maintenance of the feeling of being a someone by obsessing over that idea quite a lot. And then it reinforces it, and the identity goes on, never, never being noticed. Never, never, never being noticed. You just want to change it. From a drug addict to a meditator to that, to this, to that, to that, and that. You know, it's like tons of different outfits in the closet. But your inherent self has none of those skins. You're not a thing. You're an activity, a being, awareness. If it comes into your life, you'll travel lighter here. For a stabilized time. And it doesn't promise to change the geography of your life. You'll just travel lighter without whatever has whatever in store for the action figure in this destiny. You'll travel lighter over it. Cancer, no cancer, relationships, no relationships, whatever it may be. And it's very difficult to even be grateful because you don't know how, how heavy it could have been. You're freed from it. And you get to be used. So the thought system pictures you and us, you and I, as a body. Yes? 
this is how it remembers itself as a self. Because the only way you can think about you, even when you're thinking about you as a spirit, it's referenced as a body. You're now thinking to yourself, I'm a spirit, but it's referenced as a body identity. Yeah? So the thought system, if you believe the value of the thought system, just want to check it out, what does the thought system value? Does it value now? Or is it using now to think about yesterday and tomorrow? If it was really about supporting our experience, it wouldn't be arising as much, to tell you the truth. I'm a house painter. I used to be. Supposedly you have 70,000 thoughts a day. Being a house painter, maybe I need 15 to do a job. I come into it. I'm never surprised. There's usually four walls, a ceiling, some window trims. Yeah? And then I think maybe a couple thoughts about where to eat and when to stop. What are the 69,985 other thoughts doing all day? What are they supporting? What's their agenda? What's their agenda? How are they being used? They're being used to reinforce, to assume, to infer that you have a lot to do with shit you have nothing to do with. Just like I I go away, I haven't gone to back east for two years, I go back to the talks, my hair's rather long. First person comes and says, Paul, you're growing your hair. So I go, oh yes, I'm growing my hair. And he's going bald. So, I, yeah, I'm growing my hair. I'm doing really good. You know, look at, and you're not doing well. You're growing. <laughs> There's lack of growing on your end. You know? And I really found out if I join with others and we grow our hair together, it grows really nice, you know? So the pride comes and then he has guilt that he's bald. But it all has to, but I have, all I got to do is not cut the hair. I'm not growing the hair, but it sounds like I have a whole lot to do with something I have nothing to do with. This is the language all day. You know, I'm surfing, and then the knee went out, because my knee's freaking old, you know? Like my Toyota brake pads finally ran out on metal on metal. So, but the way it sounds like, I tell my friend, I hurt my knee. It's like I went in the water with a hammer, and I was waiting for the right wave, and bam, bam, I hurt my knee. See, I hurt my... This isn't, you see it? You don't see it? It seems so nonchalant, but you're listening to it all day. Year after year, month in a month. What is that assuming? It's, it's assuming you have a lot to do with shit you have nothing to do with. And you believe you're immune to it? You fall under the trance so easy. And then, let's say, now you enter a world to try to get better, and you have no idea this template is on everything. If there's an action done, there's a feeling of being the actor. Yeah? Now, the thing that you were hoping would free you is being used to bind you even more. Now you become a spiritual self, which is really slimy. It's very tricky to check out. Because they're wearing nice clothes, they never get angry, they're flipped out completely. They're so pissed they haven't got it yet, but they can't, you know, spiritually socialize. Oh, yes, with the loving gazes and shit. They're fucking pissed. I've been at 800 of these meetings. When do I get it? That person, look at him, he meditates longer than me. He'll get it more than me. It's not at all about that. And it's not about more. It's not about time. You can't produce timelessness with processes. You are inherently timeless. This action figure is determined and is being 
translated in time, but you're not of it. Like Jesus says, you're in this world, but not of this world. Yeah? There's a quality in you. See, like when you woke up this morning like this, here you are, and let's say you thought you were way back there, right? Your eye opened up. How long did it take you to start seeing? Do you know what I mean? Were you so far in the back of your world, it took you like five minutes to arrive? As soon as your eyes opened, there's seeing, is it? And what, did you get tired of seeing, like at one o'clock today? I mean, I've seen, oh, I saw way too many objects today. I'm fucking exhausted. No, this thing never gets exhausted. You're hearing every freaking sound. Yeah? And if you swear, today, I'm not going to see a bird fly by. But if your eye is open and something, the bird flies by the window, you see it. Yeah? It has nothing to do with you, does it? Have you ever had to go to a, you know, a workout to see more? I'm, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I almost, I'm seeing more. No. There's no thought or effort on that part, is there? There's nothing you need to do. Why do you apply all the doing and having into, into your own inherent state? Just feel it now in the room, the onness, eh? It's like vibratory. That wasn't produced. We've just got together and gave it permission. How, are you going to better that? This sense of honest. Are you going to better it? Right? If you put your attention on it, you'll screw it up. This isn't concentration. It's like a relaxed awareness. I call it dog shit awareness. It's very, very ordinary. You're just awake to being awake. You're incessantly on, and that's that. You don't, no one may never notice. It doesn't freaking matter. I don't have great moments of surrender where I'm on the cliff and my ex-girlfriends are there, the <laughs> hair is blowing and the, the eye of God appears and I give up the big, I'm surrendering. That's all selfing. Surrendered is just a very, 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 very unnoticeable state you're in. Yes? Hmm. The mental state has moved square zero to square three, where it thrives. We're at square zero. The mental process that produces... When you were a kid, there was a long period of time, there was no sense of self. It's been produced, yes? It takes time to produce something. What our inherent state is, is timeless. How can you use that which produces the sense of self to get out of the sense of self? once heard this beautiful transcription of a teacher describing non-doership. And after four pages, the next paragraph started and it said, student. And the first thing the person says, I get it completely, now what do I do? 
This is the dilemma. It's a very, very strong, stubborn habit. It kicks in, and usually kicks in before you notice it, and then it, whatever you do afterward, it influences greatly, like a thief in the night. Yeah? If you see it, you're not looking from it. When you see it, it's very clearly has nothing to do with you. You don't have to try to get it over or kill it or nothing. All you do is lose interest in it. Just like this. If there was someone I wanted to meet, and I, you know, I haven't even talked to her, but I'm expecting to get married with her, yeah? And have some kids, and of course, never get divorced. You know, the mental state never thinks of what possibly could happen. And so she's in the other room, and she's doing some other thing, and I'm doing this talk, and I'm trying to listen to what she has to say because I'm hoping she'll say, "Hey, I like that guy Paul," you know, so I could bump her in, you know, bump after the meeting. Hey, what? You want to go out for some coffee? You know, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm really trying, but people are starting to notice I don't seem to be here. So they say, "Paul, you know, you're really supposed to be at this talk," and I agree. But I, you know, I can't help myself because that's very important to me, to the head, yeah? So then someone comes up to where I'm sitting and throws this book on the table saying, How to Lose Interest in a Conversation in Another Room. And I page through it. I like the principles, but it doesn't really imply. I can't stop what's going on. Then she finally says, I really like that guy, Matt, and my name is Paul. What happens? I lose interest immediately in that conversation. I don't have to send a rescue team in there and grab it. As soon as it's not about me, I lose interest. Where does the interest go? It will usually go right where you are, right here and right now. What would happen, let's say you're having thoughts that seem to drive you crazy, and yet I know they're yours, so they have no effect on me. Even if I'm sitting right next to you, they don't jump off you and into me. But I can have the same thoughts that you're having, and if they're held as mine, they have the ability to really screw me, yeah? You see? It's not the thoughts, it's the my. The thoughts are used to facilitate the bondage of self. They cannot bond you to self, but they can facilitate a seeming bondage to self by taking them to be yours or about you. The same thing with feelings. When they're taken to be yours and about you, they're totally different than just a physical stimuli. Yeah? It's the, you, it's the difference between light and heavy. It's like if you looked at thoughts, and let's say each thought weighed an ounce, yeah? and you have 70,000 thoughts go through your head. That would mean at one time during the day you carried 70,000 ounces. It would produce a certain weight. And maybe you wouldn't know what it was, and probably that weight would produce some seeking to get relief from that weight. Now let's add some weight to it. 70,000 thoughts that are called your thoughts. Now they weigh a pound each. Now you're carrying 70,000 pounds a day. Yeah? What's going to be the experience? Heavier. Yeah? And what's going to be a huge drive seeking to get out of that? Yes? Exactly. But where do you want the relief from my thoughts? You want to get different my thoughts. You want to get positive my thoughts or spiritual my thoughts. But the my is in there. Whatever attribute you try to take or, or put onto the thought, the my is still there. It goes with every one of them. That's the bondage.
When you see it, you won't be looking from it. When you're looking from it, all you can do is try to get a little relief. When you're seeing it, it doesn't see it doesn't need to happen. Yeah? It's all based on you. Truly. Nothing's being done to us without without our complicity. Yeah? Maybe most of it's based on ignorance, but it doesn't matter. You are the biggest player here. Yes? There's going to be a mental interpretation offered, and then there's going to be conscious contact seen. The consciousness of contact. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, experiencing. Yes? And then the seeing of that, which is us as awareness. Yeah? Or the forgetfulness of that, because now consciousness is called my consciousness, and I can determine I don't, I'm not conscious enough. Yeah, I need to become more conscious, and so on and so forth. And there, when it becomes mine, yes, the whole world changes. It's an activity. The activity of freeing, or the activity of seemingly being bound. And the word seemingly is important because it means it appears to be true or false to you. Whatever seems to be happening cannot actually completely happen. It can only seem to be happening to what's happening, which is us. Yeah. If something feels real, have you had this experience when something happened in your life and you called it the worst thing that ever happened? And let's say it happened six years ago and it's sort of like an altar you go too many days when you want to blame, you know, why your marriage didn't work out. It was because this freaking thing had happened, and if that hadn't happened, I'd probably be much happier, yes? Then let's say you, your mind goes through a little changes, and then suddenly the worst thing that ever happened becomes the best thing that happened. Just like for me. I get arrested by the police, I thought it was the worst thing that happened, but that arrest led me to getting sober, so now it's the best thing that happened, yeah? Now what was it? Was it the worst thing? Or was it the best thing? Or was it based on me? Was the thing the worst thing? Then how did it transform miraculously into the best thing? Or it was no thing, and it was the way I was looking at it that gave it the meaning of being the worst or the best. Yes? This is the power we're in all day. We're giving everything all the meaning it has. If you don't, can't get to it immediately, you can tell by the meaning. Or as Jesus said, you'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll be able to tell by the meaning that you're living as reality. And you'll see where it comes from. And it comes from self-centeredness. It comes from completely from the mental state. And all the while, you're a being state. I think it's great news. Yeah? Because it doesn't have to be put off. You don't have to purify anything any freaking more. It's always available at all times, right where we are, with no requirement necessary, except the ones you put up. Yeah. And how long does it take to get there? No time at all. And yet, can you possibly ever leave it? How can you leave everywhere, as everywhere?
much did we did do the last 40 minutes and do you feel something? Did you do much? We've just been sitting here, right? Eh? That some bouquet or a perfume starts happening. With not based on any thought or effort on any of our parts. That's how simple it is, yeah? It's in doing that we think we're the doer. The doing gets claimed and then it becomes a mirror to this mental state of doer, 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 doer. Whatever, you know. I've been giving a lot of talks this last week. (laughs) I'm getting tired of it. It's a simple invitation. You can teach about what you're not. Yeah? Like they say in recovery, self-knowledge avails us nothing. But knowledge of self is pretty damn valuable. But self-knowledge, any knowledge claimed by self, is not going to... has no value whatsoever because everything that you think you know is neutered. It's sort of like taking water out of a river and you think you have the river. But the river is that quality of rivering, yes? The moving, the moving. When you take the water out to know it, you've lost its essence, which is the being, the verbing, the verbing. And our life has gone under that surgery. Something has taken away our living and gave us an interpretation based on this. It's told us a historical story of how I was and how I'm going to be and how you were and how you're going to be. How can we... When you have a job and you go to work, yeah? Let's say you go to work from 8 to 5 and then you come home and around 9 o'clock you just ate dinner and you had a beer and then your head tells you you had a bad day. It informs you, like a CNN news flash. You know, you really had a bad day. Now, you were in the whole day like the whole time, yeah? I mean, you were at work from 8 to 5. You didn't notice it was batting, like at 10.15? Or how the... But you had no idea. But at 8 o'clock, the head pontificate said you had a bad day. And then says, you know, you shouldn't even go to work tomorrow. It's going to be fucking worse. What is that but playing God? What is that but playing God? That's taking a life... See, it says... You know, the only card you can get at 8 a.m. in this game of life is the 8 a.m. card. But the mental state will wake up and forecast the 4 p.m. card's going to suck. And then you believe it, yes? This is the thing. The mental state lives in what's not happening. Yeah? Anyone here that's really flipping out is not flipping out because of Tuesday. They're usually flipping out because of last Tuesday let's say next Monday. Do you know what I mean? Most people, if you're feeling very, very anxious, there is no apparent threat in this room. This talk's going to end very short. The doors aren't locked. Yeah? So, if you're feeling very, very contracted and there's no apparent threat, then you must be reacting to what? Not happening. Yeah? And here you go. The head is constantly producing incredible crops from an imaginary field. Yet you feel it now. Yeah? So if it says you're going to have cancer two years from now, you don't feel it two years from now. You feel as if you have cancer now. This is what's going on. And then there's another thing called what's happening. Now what's happening 
doesn't have the qualities and all the possibilities of what's not happening. But it has one quality what's not happening does not have. And that is, it's happening. Yeah? It is happening. This is happening. We're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching it. This acknowledgement of the basic fact of what's happening is the immunity to what's not happening. Yes? The only way you can travel into what's not happening is following thoughts. And the only reason you'd follow any freaking thought is it's because it's about you as an object or you as the thinker of it. That's the only reason. You aren't going to go home and especially if you didn't know, let's say, Stanley on a significant level, you're not going to go home and wonder how Stanley was doing five years ago, are you? Really? Most people aren't going to leave this meeting and go home and think about a stranger and wonder, what was Stanley thinking of four years ago when he was going into Nordstrom's? You know, you're not going to pay one bit of a second. But you've gone into your head thousands of times to go to a Nordstrom four years ago as long as it's called you. Yeah? You see it? We're blaming the wrong thing. The heist isn't by the thoughts, it's by the thinker. You're not getting destroyed and disrupted by feelings. It's the feeler. So the spiritual subpoena has been served. <laughs> you'll be caught, you know, you'll get a letter. Got to go to the court of light, thank God. You've been already convicted in the court of the mental state. Fucking just doing a sentence. You go to the court of light and all your little trespasses will be annulled as if they never happened. You'll finally be let off the biggest hook, your own. You'll be given permission to be okay. Not live in hope that you will be okay or be nostalgic about once being okay. You are inherently okay. Not as a body, but as what you are. Yeah. It brings about an easing comfort in your skin not in irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And you'll be able to... And in ease and comfort in your circumstances. You'll travel lighter here. You'll be awake to being awake. The awakeness is an inherent condition. The only seemingly choice we have is not to be aware of it or to be aware of it. And I'll tell you, the mental state is not going to bring you to an awareness of that. It's going to lead you in, in it with a sense of thinking you're getting close and putting you farther and farther away. Or you won't, you'll have an immunity to the mental state and it'll be so fucking obvious that it's right here and right now. And so are thee. <laughs> you'll just abide there. With no effort. It's, this is not concentration. It's relaxed awareness. It's like an aperture. Like a camera. Self-centeredness has us locked in to a certain aperture where everything we see, we see how it pertains to us, basically. Yeah? This, what happens is, when you have... A, when this occurs, it's not like this. I had a realization. I had this incredible epiphany. You ever had a, have an epiphany? Tell me when the epiphany ended. Didn't it end when you had the thought, I haven't, I've had an epiphany? <laughs> That's usually when it ends. As soon as the mental state claims it, it's not there anymore. 
And then you take it home and you go to your little spiritual mantle and you, it's like a big game hunter. Look at the size of this epiphany I had in Costa Rica. Jesus Christ, it lasted six hours. Da, 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 da. That's not it. It's, so, it's immediately neutered as soon as the mental state claims it. Yes? That's what happens all the time. So here's the realization. So here's the realization. This one is different though because when it starts happening it's like this. And then you're seen. You're seen. You're not the seer anymore. You're seen. And then the gig is up. Then you see the difference between the subjectivity and the object. The object that believes it's the subject is a lie. The subjectivity sees the object and he realizes I'm not that. Any questions? Jesus Christ. No. Yes? Why do you do these? I wish I knew. It's a bad career choice. Because <laughs> I'm supposed to become obsolete as soon as possible. I'm more like a mailman, yeah? I'm just delivering a message and you're the product. Seriously. I don't know. It's just compelled. I think it has a lot to do with just the action figure's uh, complexion, you know? I got destroyed by alcoholism and addiction, and I like to see people travel lighter. I found out the root of the problem resides in the mind, and I would say the thought system and our devotion to it is the dilemma, yeah? And how we're devoted to it is we take its product as ours. We think thoughts are ours, interpretations are ours, and we'll die for it to be fucking right. As soon as you see something not as you, this is what happened with me. I was trying to get out of myself every time I ever shot drugs, and any time I ever did anything, really. I wanted to get relief from me, basically. And what happened is, I got sober, and so I did my best, and I got a lot of relief. I wasn't going to jail anymore, and, and stuff like that, but... The real root of the problem, unbeknownst to me, was still in place, which was identification as a self. Now, I was identified as a recovered self, as before I was identified as an addict, you know. It switched, but the same voice that was talking seemingly as me or to me, before I got sober, was still talking to me. It just had a different uniform. It just became a recovered self, yeah? So, something happened. Suddenly, my mind broke open, a few events. And then I realized that it's more like a parasitical movement. To me, I believe the thought system has a very, it's very, very much like a parasitical movement. It doesn't have a life, so that it's, so what it does, it claims the one we provide, yeah? And if you know anything about parasites, there's a parasite they've studied now called toxo. It's a pretty interesting creature. We have it in our brain. This parasite can only... Uh, Propagate can only uh, recreate in the cat of a belly, uh, the belly of a cat. It can only reproduce in the belly of a cat. Now it appears in a lot of animals. It's in mice and rat, mice and rats. And when a mice and a rat who's been taken over by Toxo sees a cat, they run towards the cat. They run towards their arch enemy, so to speak. 
the parasite easily overrides their basic instinct of survival and drives them right to where the parasite needs to go because as soon as the cat eats the mouse the, the parasite finds you know the sex den so <laughs> reproduction that's where it does it well to me I believe selfing is like a parasitical movement yeah the selfing has it's like an incredibly nasty parasite but it has a great strategy because if a big bug landed on me right now I would knock it off and if it landed on me 50 times I would knock it off but this thing jacks into your head and talks as if it's you yeah and you become identified with it yeah and so now just like they have a thing called candida a lot of people have it in their gut it's a fungus that, and it bothers a lot of people, the digestion. Now, candida, another type of thing, it loves sugary stuff, yeah? So, but it can't go to the store, you know? It doesn't have a car, it doesn't have any legs. So it's got to find, hey, somebody's got to help me here. So, he's, and it's trapped inside. So what it does is jacks into the head, and it tells that person, you love Entenmann's, or, you know, you need another bagel at 12 at night. And it happens, let's say, for years, and then the self, the selfing of the human will claim it and have a huge story how it loves flowery odd things, and it's all based from the candida. The candida is giving it a, a shopping list, and then fetch, fetch, go to Entenmann's, you know what I mean? All the while you think, oh, I'm such a lover of this. This is what happens. You're fucking taken over, and you describe yourself as that which is taking you over. Like we say in recovery, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Beautiful statement. Yeah? And, and if you're convinced of that, we'll look at some of its manifestations. So this is what happens. A manifestation of self is seeing threats where there aren't any. And we call them resentments. Yes? And then fear and stuff. And if you talk to most people, when they talk about fear, they say what? My fear. My resentment. Yes? My acting out. They don't see that it's expression of self. Yeah? The expressions of self, they're calling them yours. That's called identification as a self. Yeah? What happened with me, when the head cracked open, I saw that it was a foreign installment. And the first thing I could entertain that I hadn't entertained in years was, I can be free from it. Not free as it. Not free for it. Not free by it, but from it. And at that point, that became the last answer. Yeah? I haven't found any other answer. I don't need any extreme turbocharged answer. It was like an unspoken yes that's just been echoing ever since. All I needed was the possibility of seeing that which I was taking myself to be as a foreign installment. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, try it, you know? We have a website. If you if you like to hear more about it, it's all free content. Repetition's helpful. And I you know, I guarantee you you'll travel lighter at some time because it's on the money. You have to see see many of us are trying to get free, but that assumes that we're bound and we're not bound. We're not bound at all. It can only seem to be bound or not bound. You are the you are the axis, yeah. You are the you are the most pivotal thing. Either something seems to be true or seems to be false. 
Based on what? Not that thing, but you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just uh, recent uh, events. The, um, my question would be, when does, ob- when does observing become uh, uh, something else? When it's claimed. And, uh, yeah. But I, there's been a lot of things in the news lately, and I've uh, fallen into it and reposted it on Facebook and Twitter. Well, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm observing it, I'm also feeling it as well. So I'm, uh, I'm claiming it, right? I don't know. Find it you. Find you out yourself, not me. It's a possibility, you see, that's the trick. People think they want to go right to the topic, ambition, but it isn't the ambition, it's the sense of if, if it's yours or not. That's where the bonding occurs. Yeah? It's never the topic, it's prior to the topic. But I'm thinking I'm observing it. Yeah. And when I try to rationalize what I'm saying, I'm saying, well, we can't lay around, we can't sit around as doormats, we need, we need to, as a society, do something, speak out, at least speak out. But then, uh, when I uh, when I think about it clear, more clearly, I, I I don't think I'm doing the right thing. I feel as though I've stopped observing and I've, I've started uh, whining. It's getting a little complex. I don't know. I don't mean to be complex. I'm certainly. I don't think you're observing anything. Seeing is different than observing. Observing to me is a mental state. Seeing is clear, is pure seeing. It's not a state at all. That's different, yeah? What happens mostly is you lose interest in a lot of, of that stuff. Yeah? Yeah. But the observing, you ask who, who is it that's observing and see if it's you or not. Yeah? It may not be. To me, I found that most people who are saying they're observing mental states and emotional states, that's another mental state doing it. It's claiming. The mental state's claiming to be looking at other mental states. That can go on ad infinitum and ad nauseum. You'll get the sense of being, and then when you have the sense, rest there. And if you feel like you get scattered, then ask who is it that's gotten scattered. If it's not you, you'll lose interest in being scattered, and I guess what? You'll feel like you're not scattered. Simple as that. If you, and then rest, and then if you feel like you've lost it again, ask who is it that's lost it? Simple question, subjective question. And when the head arises and say it's me, ask who is that me? And just sit there. See, the mental state is constantly thinking it's observed everything. Let's turn the light on it. Yeah. Let's see if it is the subject. If it is the subject, then listen to all of its pontifications and the thoughts. But if it isn't, yes, then it's the false, the false throne bearer gets thrown out. So if something's going on and you feel like you've moved away from the truth, please ask who is it that's moved away from the truth? A simple and don't look for an answer. Just see what arises. And when it says it's me or you, ask who is that you. Don't put you. Don't lift your foot off for a little while. Turn subjectivity on the false subject and see who shows up. Yeah. Have you examined it? Have you examined 
that which is being assumed all day? Have you actually looked and see, see? Have you actually seen you? You know, I don't mean look in a mirror. I mean that's seeing the body. But have you seen you? But a lot of then why are we basing everything on assumption or inference or being implied or assumed? Why not see? Turn on the subjectivity onto it and see if it's not a false object thinking it's a subject. If it is, the subjectivity will be sensed. And there that's the home. Yeah? That's where you rest. It's always available at all times. Timelessness never looks away. Timelessness never moves. That's where you truly find great security in resting there. The relief of this place isn't in this place. It's from what we're of. We bring the relief here. We don't find it here. We bring it. Yeah? We are what we're looking for. The seeker is the sort. It's an open gate. It's an open secret. It's a gateless gate. All these cryptic statements are attempting to say, how could there be a gate without a gate in it? Yeah? How could something that's open be a secret? Exactly. It's so obvious that once you find it, it's not even found, once you, you realize what you're not, you'll fall back into it, and it'll be like a big freaking aha. A lot of people just start laughing like crazy because it's freaking hilarious. It's, all, it's an impossibility that we could ever forget this. It's just we can seemingly forget it. Yeah? It may seem like we forgot it, but you cannot forget which is what is unforgettable. It's impossible. That's the beauty of it. The whole thing isn't determined by you anymore. It's determined as you, in a sense. It's a humble invitation. If you're interested in it, entertain it. See where it takes you. If you start feeling a lightness, and you start feeling maybe you seem to get a relaxation that doesn't seem to be produced by like 50 Thai massages, <laughs> something seems that something has like a an exhale that has been long overdue happens there's <laughs> like a chilling out and that becomes the new norm in your life and then see what courses are charted from there see where you're, what, where you're drawn to where you're motivated to go you'll find out your seat assignment we all have them yeah? and you'll have all the ability to fulfill the seat assignment this thing's the blue will become blue it becomes obvious the wonder and awe that seems for some of us so infrequent that we used to be awash in when we were young, that wonder and awe, it doesn't return what's the source of it has seemingly returned. You, us, me, yeah? The immediacy of life. You're, now your hand is on the pulse of living. Not, a, not on the fucking med- medical diagnosis. You're fucked. You know what I mean? No, you're feeling it. You're feeling life now. Yeah? What your your own you become the authority you yeah. you is you go back to that and that that's where the intuition lies that's where the unspoken yes lies that's the aha that we love to see stabilized it's like that bass note that never breaks on and on and on and on and on and on you found the one note you needed to accompany and make sense of all the other freaking notes and you are that note you are it 
You don't have to find someone to pluck it. You are it. See where you move to do, you know? You'll feel directed, you know? You'll feel like the greatest joy about the hose is to feel the water move through. You'll feel like something's meditating you, this. You'll be meditated, so to speak. There'll be a sense of spaciousness that's not produced or an experience. It'll be like, you know, that, what was his name, the dirty kid in Peanuts? You always had that cloud of dirt around. That would be like the presence. You'll be constantly, no matter what you're doing or not doing, you'll have that presence of cloud around you. Yeah? It'll be like an ongoing weather front you're in. Yeah. These are byproducts. These aren't acquisitions. You don't acquire these. They're byproducts. Something gets pared down. Something gets weakened. And these things get developed. They get noticed. Because you're the light that grows things here. When your interest and attention is freed from the dead preoccupation of you all freaking day, it will come back here and enrich your day. Instead of enslaving you to yesterday and tomorrow, it will enrich your day now. Light begets light. You honor it. More lightness will arrive. Heaviness begets heaviness. Problems beget solutions that begets problems. But prior to any problem is the real solution. And there's no opposite to that. Yes? It's an inherent state. And in that inherent state, all the fallacy of all the shit we've made to seem so real is revealed very, very freaking quickly. Yes. Um, so, um, to relieve myself of self bondage. That won't happen. I can only. It won't happen. Yes. How can you, as a self, relieve the self? It's impossible. Self can't get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. As a great master says, you can do it for eons and nothing will happen. How about bondage Hmm? The bondage of self is an activity. Either you're interested in it or not. If you're not, you won't feel bound. If you are, you will feel bound and then want to be unbound. Only to be bound by your unbounding. So can you ever be relieved of bondage of self? You are. Right now. Or you're not. It's that simple. You're the only one who will know. Well, others will know because maybe they'll sense a uh, sense of space and presence with you. You'll be able to hold the space for events instead of including yourself in them all the time. Yeah? Yeah. But self cannot get out of self. That would just be self, eh? It's sort of like when you, let's say, self decides to take three year three-year course of uh, studying the obsession with self. That could be construed as obsession with self, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. You can't get out of this little Chinese thumb torture thing. The more you move, the more it has you. Yeah? The more you try to get out of an imaginary place, the imaginary place seems realer and realer. It always does, because you're the reality. 
You're lending reality to things, being identified as a thing. That's what's happening all day. Yeah? So if you realize you can't get out of it, maybe you'll have a hint you could never have been in it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the beauty. That's like the lightning bolt of timelessness. It finally dawns on you. All this huffing and puffing couldn't even make up an imaginary house to blow down. It's all fucking effort. But nothing. Look, it, I've done some heinous things. If I go back to where they happened, there's no plaque there. That uh, Paul Hedeman did a heinous thing. You know? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and when you think you remember a situation, the neuroscience says all you remember is a memory of it. You can never even go back to the event because it actually never happened. <laughs> all you go back to is a memory of it, <laughs> which has been totally doctored and manipulated by the selfing to suit its whims. Seriously. Watch it. It's a, it's a heist. It's a heist, and then you wake up and have resentments about all the other heists, but the biggest heist goes unnoticed every day. You're pointing fingers all the time, but it's the heist. They already left with the jewelry. <laughs> it's like this guy says it's beautiful. It's a beautiful statement, this one. He says, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is a good one. To try to destroy the, the self by practices other than self-inquiry. He was a very... Ramana Maharshi was a proponent of two things. First, silence, but no one was picking up on it. So then he said, all right. He, and then he brought about a very old tradition called self-inquiry and or surrender. Yeah, Those were the things that he offered to sort of start this process over so that you could be weaned off the mental state and then when you felt the being state, you could rest there. And if you seem to have moved from the being state, he had these little tricks like self-inquiry to shock you right back into the being state. So when it gets familiar, you can let, just stay there, you know, rest. And then you don't need to ask, who am I or anything, because you're resting in being, yes? But if you seem to lose it, then you throw a little wrench in the works, and it will stop the selfing. And what happens is when the selfing, which is an activity, stops, you're still there. Yeah, when all the craziness, all the thoughts that are going crazy, when they stop, you're still there. And then something dawns on you. Wait a minute. What's that which continues when the selfing stops? Wow. <laughs> so here it says, this is awesome to me. To try to destroy the ego by practices other than self-inquiry is to be just like a thief turning himself into a policeman to catch a thief who is none other than himself. Because <laughs> if, if it fits, wear it. <laughs> it's funny as hell, isn't it? Really. <laughs> Don't say, isn't your head playing God about God? What happens when you know God does God become everything, or is there, you are the knower of God? <laughs> You're always the biggest thing in the room, the selfie. <laughs> it's, yes, yes.
It's so important. Mm. Yeah, there is relief, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's just not going to be the way we ever thought, you know? Because we're not going to be the heroic character in this one. We're not. We're not going to be the noble one who broke the bonds of slavery and rose to the highest heights. Only a body rises to the highest heights. And then fall into the crevasse of ignorance. What falls into a crevasse? A body. The whole, the whole thing of spirituality has been cast in a body reference. Does a spirit go on a journey? And yet we talk about our spiritual journey. I've never seen any freaking spirit go on a journey. Where is it going to go? Everywhere to everywhere? <laughs> it's all cast as a body. Everything's cast as a body. Everything is referenced as a body. You can see it. It's clear. When you see it, it all distills into one thing. I'm not that. Yeah. And now things are clear. Now, maybe the journey from you to you is not as long as you thought. Yeah. Maybe it won't take any time. And maybe the actions you're doing and the practices are more a form of expression than achieving. Yeah. Maybe your action figure is going to do the yoga anyway. Find out. See. We all have our seat assignments. What's this, what, what is that word you're saying? Seat? Seat assignments. Seat assignments. Yeah, sort of like when you're on a plane. You get assigned seat, yes? Well, your activity like this, giving a talk is my seat assignment right now. And yet, let's say the music can come on. It's like musical chairs. And then we all get up. And then we walk around, and fortunately, unfortunately, the last 12 rounds, when the music stopped, I was, this was my seat assignment. But it's never engraved. I, it's not tattooed. I'm this. As soon as there's a claiming of it, it's been nuded. Yeah. See, if I was coming here to give a talk, half the time I would never have shown up. It's because I've never been at any meeting I've ever been at. That's why they've all gone on. <laughs> Literally, if I w- if I thought I was doing this, I would find reasons to disqualify myself. I was not nice to someone earlier, or fucking I had less slanderous porno thoughts or whatever. But all you need to do is show up, and something happens. Yeah. People say you have to have it to give it away. I believe if you're willing to give it away, you have it. Entertain it. See where it takes you. Yeah? Wherever it's going to take you, you'll be more relaxed than any of the times you tried to get there. You'll see it's more like you're escorted or led. Yes? I practiced a lot of stuff. You know? 14 hours of meditating in the Thai fucking jungles and everything like that. I had tons of spiritual experiences and radical realizations yet inherently nothing ever changed you know you go on a retreat for a month uh, everything is controlled you know what really most of us equate to being okay is that certain conditions are the way we like it yeah our emotional conditions are good 
mental conditions, circumstantial financial conditions, physical conditions, and if we believe that we could just manage and get all those conditions just right, and the closest sometimes you can get to that is in a controlled environment. So you, like we have places in San Francisco where, there's, where it's not the middle way, it's the up the middle way. Very high-end retreats, three sumptuous vegan meals a day. I mean, you know, eagle claw bathtubs in your room. You don't want to leave. You know, if the rent is meditating, I'll meditate fucking all day. It's better than the house I live in. So here you are. And so let's say Sunday morning, everything's lined up. You haven't heard anything from the outside world, no bills. You don't know your girlfriend is sleeping with the teacher, you know, whatever. Like this. And here you go. So everything feels good. Emotionally, you know, everyone's giving you loving gazes all day. Everything's feeling good. My mental state, I've been meditating 15 freaking hours a day. You better be fucking fine. Yes? That's done. Physically, I'm getting tantric massages, you know, rubbed all day. It's fucking great. All this. So I have everything, and now I feel just right, yeah? And that's at 9 in the morning. I've arrived. But unfortunately, what happens? 9.02 shows up. Yes? The conditions change as they are apt to do because they're volatile. Yeah? The mental state is agitated. Emotions are, are volatile. Circumstantials and financial conditions can be volatile. We're trying, to, we're trying to line up blocks in a raging river. It's very difficult to get them lined up. And if you even seemingly do, time comes by and knocks them over. Yeah? This is ridiculous. I sat for three weeks, and when we left, and I remember taking the cab back to the village, and then the noise of the village, there went the serenity. <laughs> there was, there was like, Jesus. So my idea was, well, if I got three hours of peace, you know, donating three weeks, how about if I do three months? Maybe I'll get nine hours. But the, the ratio was pretty off. Three months for like 12 hours? Something's off, man. Something's off. Something, why is it so hard to achieve? Because it's impossible to achieve what you are. It's impossible to achieve it. It's, a, it's impossible to acquire it. And even if you did acquire it, the mental state thinks dualistically. So if you believe you did something to get somewhere, you also believe you can do something to get kicked out of that somewhere. That's not peace. Peace is relaxing. Peace is like chilled. Yeah, It's not something that was forced, that you wrestled to the ground. And it's an inherent state of mind. Big M mind. Yeah? If, you, if you relax into that, you're going to be freaking surprised what downloads through this despicable p- person. You'll have to give up all your freaking old ideas because they will not mesh with what's going on. No freaking way. You'll have to give up your old little stories because they're so out of time. It's like most of us have narratives based on 1994 in 2015. Hasn't ever felt that way? When I'm walking the street, I see a young girl looking at me. I'm thinking, oh, that young girl may really like me. She just wants to see if she can help me across the street. <laughs> I'm like an old adult, but I'm thinking, hey, looking pretty good. You know? Try to stop limping. She just wants to help me. This narrative's not even close to what's going on. Yeah, and look at your head. 
when you're having a good day, how long does your head let you enjoy it? Let's say you meet someone and you're really happy, and then the suspicions come up. When are they going to find out? What an ass I am. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I'm not even going to call her. You know, fuck it. But the same head, exact same head, when it feels like some depression may be coming on, it's going to become a lifelong depression. Do you want that to be the theme of your life? Do you want that slavery to be the theme of your life? Yep. So the habit of so the thoughts are arising and the habit of taking them personally when you realize that that's just a habit at what point does it like switch is it just now Even later, now. <laughs> now. If it's going to be later, why not now? <laughs> it's going to be now, later, anyway. <laughs> you got to hurry up to get there. <laughs> You're never going to miss anything, ever. <laughs> If you're of the all-seeing, how are you going to miss anything? (laughs) Well, are you sure I'll have it Monday? I'm not sure. But now, yeah. Like someone, I did a talk, and they're going, are you afraid of sharks? And I said, not now, (laughs) because I'm in on the land. <laughs> I had this thing. This is a, a story I'll tell you. All right, yeah, everyone still all right? Somewhat, yes. All right. So I went to Turkey. Turkey is an interesting country, and they're incredibly good salespeople. Yeah. So I went to Turkey, and we're in Istanbul, and we're, I'm near the mosque and the and the uh, Sophia, and I'm a very uh, dapper-looking guy comes up and becomes our volunteer tour guy, yeah? And he's really nice and he's, he's showing us everything. Then he says let's come over here and he takes us to this big building and it's a rug like factory, a rug store rug uh, place where they sell rugs. So he he takes us in and then you never see him again and then another guy shows up and says oh yes, come on in, come in and do you want uh, I, uh, Turkish coffee or you want apple juice? So they, they'll give you a drink. Oh, sit down, sit down. Then other guys come out with the rugs. <laughs> they're throwing around and the lights on them. And they do like a... They'll go on forever. Three hours <laughs> throwing rugs. And they're trying to sell you these rugs. And they're beautiful rugs. But the thing is, I didn't have a flaw. I was traveling around the world. I had no flaw. So no matter how good the advertising was... I didn't have a flaw. <laughs> so I had an immunity to the whole event. <laughs> and they're telling me, well, we could fold it up and put it in. I said, come on. I'm going to go to Thailand with a rug in my napkin. <laughs> so and, and the advertisement, the, the whole show was so great, but I had an incredible immunity because I had no flaw. The sense of self is the flaw. All the mental minutiae grounds itself in. The idea of being a someone. That's it. 
That's why we buy all this shit. Because we think we're that flaw. When you realize you're not, you have an immunity to there and then. It's so obvious this is the only thing going on because it's the only thing going on. Doesn't it seem absurd that you have to work so hard to be in the moment that you're already in? (laughs) I can't see. Or is it the belief that it could be a much greater and better moment? Isn't that a sucker's dream? Yep. You mentioned that you were striving, looking, seeking. And so when did you notice the absurdity of it? You just stated. Well, what was the impetus for the realization? For me, it was like my spiritual pants fell down. (laughs) I was in a group, and then I realized... See, I didn't have much to hang my my identity hat on. Yeah, I had been a junkie most of my adult life, and the only thing I did was house paint. So spiritual seeking became another identity that made me feel good about myself. And I was at a group, and something just so happened, and it was revealed that in that second that Jesus, none of this shit that I've been doing has anything to do with anything. Yeah. Now it could have been a crushing one, so my spiritual pants fell down, but I didn't know how to pull them up. So I left the group and I walked around like this, and then I then things started to happen. Then I heard a, a great a teacher that he's from the Zen lineage, and he said this thing. He says, you know, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. Which sort of sounds funny. Why would you want to buy water from a guy if you if he's by the river? And he said, it's even funnier that I'm a man standing in the river selling water. And I heard that, and that was it. I walked out, yeah? And then my head started to entertain these ideas I heard. And what gives, what generates the life of the idea is the mind that entertains it. The mind, the big M mind. My mind can get get something like this, and then it triggers lots of lights to go on. And then something that I hadn't ever seen before, I was sore in a split second. The absurdity of all that identification that was going on. I was sort of lost because I didn't have anywhere to hang my hat because I didn't have much going on except spiritual seeking. I thought I was a pretty good one. I had the resume. Been to India a few times. <laughs> retreats in Thailand. Fucking Nepal. America, you know. But, so... It was uncomfortable for a while, but my mind just, whatever I tried to grab onto, it wouldn't allow. And after you keep grabbing like this, and you stop, you may find that these are wings, not this. Yes, yes. And that's what happened with me. Something took off with no thought or effort on my part. And it was revealed to me that that which I was taking taking myself to be was a product of a foreign installment. Something was making it up. Yeah? And it was mostly doing it in the head. Yeah. And I didn't do anything about it. I just entertained it. And then an unspoken yes came over me. And I knew prior to knowing. And I had that sense of beingness. Yeah? And then it was easy to see the difference. Selfing is incredibly agitated. Yeah? The sense of being is complete. It's not in any kind of process to, to culminate or any crescendo to reach. It just is. And it's a total different feeling of living the same day from two different points. Yeah? Mm-hmm. 
And after a while, just as we become familiar with the interpretation, you'll become familiar with what you really are. And you'll, base, you'll start life in the day from here instead of from here. And it makes a world of difference. Yeah? I'm not looking for much anymore because I know I'm what I was looking for the whole time. Not as Paul, not as my story, but as what I am. Yeah? So, it's changed a lot of things and it keeps changing it. It's always an entertaining, it's a living, it's a living freedom. It isn't like a stamp or a tattoo that you get one day. It's an activity. You're awake to being awake. We're all awake, but many of us can seem to act like we're not. This is seen through that and then you're awake to being awake. It's not a big deal. It's just normal. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see what happens. You know, I found out a lot of stuff. I was trying busily to know things, but the best way of knowledge is finding out. And you can never know what you are, because you'd have to be something else to do that. But you can find out what you are by its expression. So you'll see that whatever that may be, expressing through others and the life here. To me, it's a huge choreography going on. And you'll see it, you'll intimate it by it moving through you. You'll intimate what it is. You can't know, but that's the way there's a knowing, by finding out. You feel it, you know, like sense-felt spaciousness. Not produced or, or able to be unproduced. Just the common inherent state. Yeah. I believe if we would start there, our trips would look different. Or it may look exactly the same, but there would be, you would travel differently through them. Yeah? I mean, because you and I are the main influence of our life. Like they say in physics, the greatest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. Yeah? We can't escape how important we are here. Yeah? We are giving everything all the meaning it has. Everything, in a sense, is seemingly so or not so based on us, based on our condition, every other condition. Yeah? Every other condition of the seeming emptiness of this place is based on our condition. Yeah? That's a huge role. To me, it's very empowering. Now, I respect a lot of teachers, and I don't care about meditation or not. All I care about is the production of meditator, the production of teacher, the production of feeler, thinker. That's what I'm concerned with, because that's the, that's the activity of bondage right there. The owning of what's not yours. I've got a question yeah. about that bondage. And for me, the struggle is... Um, I'll try to, s- you want to speak a lot or I'll just tell them. What yeah, it's, um, as a parent, it's, or any relationship, so selfing, if I'm, if I were, if it were just me, well, it's, it's fairly simple, but then it gets really tricky in relationship with others, my kids, their issue, their life, all that. So... The question is, how do I, how can I be maneuvered? Well, first, when that's happening, ask to who? You know? Ask to who? 
there's so a, there's the love that comes up and then th that's all part of it but ask to who is it happening to just start there it has nothing to do with changing anything about what you're saying making it valid or invalid we're just questioning it to who just like a simpler example is worrying about next week yeah. now a lot of activities will try to target you shouldn't be worrying about next week or tell you why you shouldn't but the, this point is, has nothing to do with the worrying about next week. It's asking who is it that's worrying about next week. Because next week's meaning is more coming more from you than it is coming from next week. Yeah. Now you have relationships with kids, and they're going to be what they are. Now there's a possibility of traveling lighter through it, and the possibility of where that's going to occur is not in the relationship, but in the one who has the relationship. Yeah. So if you throw that wrench in it and just ask, your statement is totally valid and none of this is not invalidating any of that. It's just asking who is it valid to? Yeah? If it isn't really valid to you, there'll be like a large skimming off, a lot of heaviness off of it. Yeah? And you'll be able to see things that you aren't seeing now in the same situation. Yeah? So this is all about if you believe something is real and it's as real as real can be, then ask who is it real to? And then just see. And I tell you, my experience is without changing the dynamics, without you being invested as you are as a self, it will it'll produce like an oiling and things will work in a different way. Yeah? Give it a shot next time. So when something comes up, Jesus Christ, my knee is hurt, really killing me. Well, I can ask, well, who's, whose knee is killing you? Yeah? Just ask, because the heaviness is more coming from you than the knee. Yeah? The knee, you can't change the pain, maybe, but you can change the heaviness that's being added to it by the selfing. You can. Yes? Hmm? And death is much easier when we're unidentified with the body. Well, you'll find out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all will find out that. Definitely. Because it sounds like actually you're die. The way it is. Well, yeah, yeah, because if that which isn't born can't die, obviously. The body does, for sure. Let's say if you're listening to your head all day. Yeah. So your head is on a time delay. So when it says it's in the moment, that's actually not in the moment. It took a while for the selfing to appear. Let's say you're believing it, and you usually wait to have the self tell you what's going on. Like, um, do I feel good? Am I having fun? Has this been a bad day? Yes? Let's say we're, we've been on that time delay. And then at the last moment of death, yeah, you die, and you're waiting for the head to tell you that you died, but the head dies with the body. You're never going to hear that voice, oh, Paul, you died. You're dead. Yeah? You missed the bus. <laughs> you were waiting for the bus, the mental bus. You missed the bus. Yeah? Yeah. And mindfulness, a lot of people like mindfulness, get into a traumatic situation. There's no way in hell you're mindful at that moment. It's too fast. Yeah? The mental process can't get before it. When I surf for once, I hit my head on the, on the bottom, just right into light. 
And what happened is it was such a heavy hit, it shut down the brain and selfing wasn't produced. All right? It went on for a few minutes. Luckily, I landed on my back because my arms and legs went dead. And when they took me out on a, uh, to the beach and they were laying me on this surfboard and they were cutting this, the, the, uh, the wetsuit off, yes? Now, this has been about eight or ten minutes. Suddenly, the self thing showed up and says, I can't afford the ambulance. <laughs> I swear to God, the first thing he said, I didn't give a shit about my body, my neck's broken. I can't afford the ambulance. Don't call the ambulance. <laughs> That's not insane. Isn't that insane to you? Have you ever fallen down, you have an expensive bike? You'd rather get killed than hurt the bike. Yeah? It's like, oh, oh. You know know what I mean? It's like, where is our value system? And that random experience, that's the underlying theme. That little bit that I heard, it sounds so unusual because it hadn't played for about eight minutes. And when his first little salvo came, it seemed fucking really absurd laying there with a broken neck that they're worried that he's, it's worried about paying for the ambulance, yeah? So it was easier to see. That's going on all day up there. It doesn't really give a shit about your body. It gives a shit about that expensive bike. <coughs> Take the information and see where it leads. See? Yeah? You have the information and then see where it leads. Like a thought system, look at where its value is. It's in time. Where are you? Now, wait a minute. Then how valuable is it if its whole value system is so off? You know know what I mean? It's like here. If an alien race came here to the planet Earth, and he had a 10-year grant to study us for 10 years. And suddenly they're there, and suddenly they arrive, and they take off like 10 minutes later. And they, they, they radio back to their planet, and they say, we're coming home, we know, we know all we need to know. And they're going, well, you have nine, nine years and 364 days and eight hours left. No, we're coming home. Why? He says, any society that puts profit over health is insane. Really? Isn't it? Literally. No matter what affiliations we have. It's insane. Why? What more do you need to see? The insanity just will regroup and couple and mutate. But it's insane. The thought system is insane. It's a failed system. It's like a GPS and it hasn't renewed its maps. Like 20 fucking years. You're following the same directions you were following at 18, 17 years old. Yeah? All those streets are gone. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like us, so we listen to it. If it sounds like someone else, we freaking turn it off like that. But we we think these vocal cords represent my voice. This is the body's sound. I take them to be mine because I'm identified as the body. Before rushing to the solution, check out the problem. If you really check out the problem, you may not need to rush to the solution because the problem is an activity. It can't produce the goods. It can only seem to. And it needs you. See, 
The movie isn't that good. It's the audience that makes it so. We're believing the shit. How can somebody who isn't, let's say, free, whatever, let's say they're very, very heavy, and then they don't take the next few thoughts to be theirs, and suddenly they're light. And then they take, after five minutes, they start taking the thoughts, now they're heavy again. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah? There's some great thoughts. It's great when the mind works. If I have a problem, like, where are my keys? It goes over to places I were, we call them, and then it recedes. Yeah? It stops. Then I, oh, I have a nut, i got to find a bolt. I look for that, and it tells me, all right. Then it stops. It doesn't go on and on critiquing the job. Yeah? It doesn't go over, why did you do the job? On and, they shouldn't, they should have done it. No, 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 no. That's all the minutiae of a mental state dependent on one thing and one thing only. You're the doer of it. You're the fertilizer. Your belief is fertilizing it. It can't grow. That's what someone who seems to be clear, that shit ain't growing in their life. Someone who seems to be confused, the shit's growing. We're the fertilizer. Either way. It's getting hot in here, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Bikram Yoga. We're throwing a Bikram Yoga class into this. Can you cannot believe? For one small poultry sum, you get Bikram Yoga and Satsang. What a deal. Nowhere else in Peterborough is this happening. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's it. Hey, yes, I'm done. All right, thank you. Thank you. You all right? Yeah, no, I'm fine. It's you got it. What? Oh. Thanks for coming from California. Oh, you're welcome. Enjoy the rain. What? Oh, I know. It's like a tsunami driving up here today. Nice, though, eh? What? Different from where you came. Oh, yeah. We're really dry. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. We got a lot of fires. Yeah. Yeah. My friend.
No, let's not tell I just don't take them to be mine. Yeah. The following doesn't matter. The thoughts can be followed when they're directed. Yeah. It's the my thought. That's yeah. the thing that's really a fucking law. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as those my thoughts are gone, yeah. the brain can work better, for sure. I remember things I never remembered before. Because I can follow where I was. I have memory of where I was. It becomes clear. It's a useful fucking tool we need here. But we shouldn't call it us. You know? Well, then it will dictate what we are instead of us seeing what in it. It will dictate what it is and it will call it, it will call itself us. Yeah. When you know you're not that, then it's in its rightful place. It's a working thing. So you're not It's just when it becomes used to identify you as a thing, then the sense of nothingness will seem to be unavailable when it's the most necessary thing to know. Because it's what brings the leavening agent to its place. Not here. We, us, the nothingness leavens the thingness. A thing will not leaven the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just happened. It just happened. Exactly. You can finish yourself around circumstances instead of trying to put them around you. It's not how we are to live. It's been sort of like a very discouraging event. The fact is, I'm traveling as light as you possibly can. I don't miss the words. Welcome, my friends. Peter. 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 Thank you. 
Sadhu Om. Oh, 